Brett, sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films To Be Buried With. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a margarita, and I love film. As Isaac Newton once said, Nature is pleased with simplicity and nature is no dummy. Nature's favourite film is There Will Be Blood and that is a very intelligent film. Yeah, it's actually true, nature. If it's very bold and ambitious, thanks for bringing it up. I don't think about it enough. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Sharon Stone, Jamila Jamil and Ricky Gervais, but this week my wonderful special guest is the brilliant actor and singer Nat Tenner. Get over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you'll get 15 minutes extra chat with Nat and a really, really good secret from her. I mean, one of the great secrets. I have to say, usually there's a video with all the patrons, but this week there isn't one because we were unable to record any video because she was on a boat. It's complicated. Anyway, it's worth it for the secret. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, Nat Tenner. This episode is very special for me. For those of you who don't know, and that's probably a fair whack of you, about, I don't know, seven years ago, uh, we started making a low-budget superhero film called Super Bob, which is secretly a romantic comedy. And the story is ultimately about Bob, Kenner, the world's only superhero, who lives in Peckham, that's me, and Doris, his cleaner. And Doris was played by Nat Turner, and she is the film's MVP. And if you see the film, I mean, everyone, she's so wonderful in it. And you watch it, everyone falls in love with her. She's incredible. So I will always hold a very special place in my heart for Nat. And it was lovely to catch up with her on this. We recorded it in lockdown over the phone. She was on a boat, I was on land. I don't think that made a difference. I think that's all you need to know. So that is it for now. I very much... Oh, one last thing. There's a show called Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. I'm in it and I wrote on it. Comes out on Friday. Watch it. Go on. You'll love it. It's brilliant. Anyway, so that's it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 108 of Films to be Buried with. One more drink and a cigarette Just before this world melts down one more night that you can't forget. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by an actor, a musician, a superstar, a Game of Throner, a Harry Potterer, a accordion musician, as well as a voice of an angel, <laughs> and most importantly of all, the great love of mine and Superbox life. <laughs> It's Doris herself. Please welcome to the show. It's Natalie Turner. Hi, everyone. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Brett. Well, came from the heart. You're 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 tremendous in all ways. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm on my boat, surrounded by my animals. I've got a dog at my feet and two cats, kind of flanking me. And it's a beautiful day. I've got my gin and tonic. You're living on a riverboat on the river. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, my dog. Come here, you little bitch. <laughs> she's gone. She's gone. Wait, I'll be back. Fuck! Me <laughs> <laughs> Ven aquí, ven aquí, ven aquí. Muy bien, ahí. Mimosa, no, por favor. Venga. Venga aquí. Ven aquí, ven aquí. Uh, Look at her. Uh, for the listeners at home, I'm now looking at this lovely dog um, over the internet. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry about that. She, uh, she's very uh, fiery. Now, you and I have known each other now a while. For yet, like... Seven, six years? No, it was longer than that because the first time we did... We did that workshop for, yeah. for, for Super Bob, mm. and then you guys, I think, maybe had no money or no one understood how amazing it was and they didn't fund you properly or some, some arseholes, yeah. just a bunch of arseholes. And, yeah. But we went, I remember that time we went to, we, mm. we, we did a lot of improvisation and then I didn't see you guys two years and you sent me a message going, no, it, it is happening, it will happen at some point. And then I think two years after that or three years, it happened. Oh, yeah, we went to Essex. Yeah. In a field. It was beautiful. And we and we did like a Mike Lee weekend of living as Super Bob and Doris. What, what did we watch? We watched some like really bad romantic comedies that were also amazing, like bad but good. I can't remember what they were. Leap Year, probably. Yeah, and maybe something with Adam Sandler. Oh, Fifty First Dates. That's... We watched Leap Year and Fifty First yeah. Dates. Um, if you and and Fifty First Dates is a masterpiece. So <laughs> you know that was obviously just a trick. That was our backstory to, to making I Super Bob. Forgot about that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we basically made a version of Super Bob just on like a digital camera mm-hmm. over that weekend, right? Yeah, I think. And it had that different ending. Yeah, I remember it. That footage is probably somewhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and we did lots of stuff with John, John the director, mm-hmm. where he would like go, he'd whisper things to us yeah. and go, "You've you've done this today. This has happened today. Now go home and see how that is." No, he gave he gave me little notes. I felt I felt like whenever I was cleaning, yeah. I'd be cleaning. Something because that's what Doris did. A lot of cleaning, and she, yeah, he just handed me like a little piece of paper, and I'd open it with my marigolds. And be like, oh, that's my okay. That's my little <laughs> thought for the afternoon. Yeah, I remember he'd give me really dark notes, like he'd say, three hundred people died in a bus crash today, and you had to clear the you had to clear the bodies, and then I'd go home. To, Hello, the Doris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I'd forgotten that. That's nice. And then uh, what I didn't know when we first met is that you're not only one of the great actors of all time... Fuck off. ...but <laughs> the voice, the voice and musicianship of an angel. If those listening have never heard Molotov Jukebox, my God. One of the great live acts. Yeah, I, I, you, you came that. to one of my gigs, I remember, in Secret Garden. I mean, that was a very yeah. special night you came to see me. Um, yeah. Because I had gastroenteritis and I remember I couldn't do my second show. I thought I was going to shit myself on stage. And I remember I saw you in the audience. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to have fun with you, but I need the toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you you nearly shit yourself gave it a real electricity. Yeah, you th- yeah, because you're really kind of... On stage. You're tense, aren't yeah, you? You're yeah. like, I can't let this go. I can't. And you're wrestling a giant accordion the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a hell of a show. Also, if I'm completely honest... Even though I know you and we've been working together and all of that, and it was only maybe a, a month or so after we'd finished filming Super Bob, getting a shout out from you in Molotov Jukebox on stage, uh, what a thrill that was. <laughs> what was the song? Do you remember? What was the song? Yeah, it was, uh, it was Don't Panic. Of course it was, yeah. That's your favourite. Mm. I was thinking about doing a Corona that- cover of that, actually. I think that might work quite well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great time for the Don't Panic song. Um, you've had all sorts going on, and the last time that we spent a good amount of time together, we were in LA together, and you were doing a big network TV show for yeah. a bit. Yeah. How was that experience? It was okay. What was it called again? The, the Wisdom of the Crowd? Wisdom of the Crowd. I mean, at the time, I was really excited, and I loved being there, because I, I finally made loads of mates, and, I, and, you know, I adopted a dog because I had no friends, and I was depressed. But dogs help. So for everyone listening, yeah. during this pandemic, I cannot recommend an animal more. And then I finished that. It got cancelled for various uh, <laughs> reasons. But um, then, I, basically, this is the first time this has ever happened to me as an actor. We finished on a Monday. I think it was Monday, December the 11th. And we never went out drinking yeah. because we had such early starts, such long days. But, you know, we were all unemployed just before Christmas. Went out. But because we were getting up so early, by, by seven we were all trashed and we're like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> And the next day, I had this audition that I nearly didn't go to. And the only thing that threw me, the only thing that made me want to go was that it was bicycle distance from my house, which is kind of, you know, it's a, non, it's a non-entity in, in LA. So I went, 
And I fucking got the job. I literally was unemployed a day. <laughs> that's the only time that's ever happened to me. And then I went to Cape Town, which was lovely. I really enjoyed that job. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not watched that show yet, but I hear it's excellent. I know. Is there going to be more of that? No. Will there be? You, uh, YouTube, oh. yeah, they cancelled it. But I think it was... They, they, they released their music streaming system. System? What do I mean? Right? Network. Network. Uh, Network. Thank you. And that made so much money... For so little money. And that, so they kind of cancelled a lot of their shows. I know. I'm sorry. I know, life. What have you been doing? What were you doing just as the uh, pandemic happened? Were you working? Uh, no, but I had... I had Basically, I was thinking this year to, to start doing more stuff with Molotov Jukebox because... I, I'm not away. Yes, I basically stopped the band for like three years. I was like, I can't do, I can't do everything. I'm, I'm always away. Um, so we had loads of amazing festivals. We were going to play Glastonbury 50th oh, year anniversary. I mean, we've still got some in Spain and I'm really excited because if we do get to do this one, it's, it would be in Estremadura, which is where my village is. So I'd love to go back to my little village and try and get everyone to come along and see um, us play in that province. You flirted with having another band and I, I was sad uh, what was that band uh, called? Lady, la- la- Lady, Lady, Lady Petrol. Lady Petrol. No, no, Lady no. Petrol. You know what? I've got. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to happen, Brett. I think it's going to happen. Okay. As long as it doesn't break up Molotov Jukebox, I don't mind what you do. <laughs> okay. You can, you know, you're free to have loads of bands as long as Molotov Jukebox. That, that continues. Is, okay. I will, I will, I will attempt. It's the main. I'll just do like six months of Corona Molotov Jukebox songs. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Who was? Who's going to be in Lady Petrol? Um, Adam, my guitarist, um, yeah. Sam, and my dog. She's she's incredible. She just watching her on the djembe is is something amazing. <laughs> oh, I've, I have talked to you about it, haven't I? I saw that. I saw your um, your Spanish film, the the film on the budge. Uh, have we talked about that. Yeah, no, we haven't. No, no, no. Um, we're not talking about it. Oh no! So. Yeah. I think you've watched it. It's with Una and David. Uh, David, I've yeah, yeah, with Una and you. Yeah, and, and my favorite. I mean, I love this art so much. I want to say my favorite because I do love John as well. But he is a very special. It's called my the, the the star and anchor, the crown and anchor. What's it called? Uh, it's called the. Uh, it had two names. Okay, what happened is originally, and yeah. this is the name. I fell in love with the Gadalos, the director, even more because I thought I was the only person that knew this song. Uh, and it's called Don't Fuck Around With Love. And it was recorded in the 50s. And they, they, they didn't allow... It's like a, uh, you know, like a kind of four-part harmony. And they didn't allow it because they had the word fuck. So they, they re-recorded it and said, Don't Mess Around With Love. And in the 70s, that one came out. It is a fantastic song. And the director was like, I want to make a film. I want to make it about you and your life. And kind of, I've been inspired by the boat. And I want to call it Don't Fuck Around With Love. And the, I don't know why. I, I think the American kind of execs, they freaked out because the word fuck was in it. And so mm-hmm. they changed it to... Firstly, Tierra Firme, Tierra Firme, and then uh, Hope and Anchor. I, I don't actually know what it's called. Hope and Anchor. Yeah. Hope and it Anchor. Is, okay. It's called the Hope and Anchor, because that's the pub they go to. And it's also the name of the boat? Yes. Very improvised, was it? Uh, um, there was a lot of, yeah. I mean, we with Garlos, what you do, and I did this for 10,000 as well, um, is you kind of, you read the scene once, and then you take away the scripts, mm-hmm. and you kind of, obviously you know it, but you, don't, you haven't learnt the lines yet, and then he makes you do the whole scene with just that and so obviously out of that comes so much improvisation and with Hope and Anchor because she you know it's two, it's two lesbians living on a boat and, and it's my best friend and we want to use a sperm so we basically we we improvise this you know him wanking off and giving it to us and like doing that over and over again and how mundane it can be you know it's like no you've got no it's like now mm-hmm. you, please can you wank or, or getting angry because he's had sex with someone the night before and we did all these improvisations and all these little beautiful bits came out that then he added into the film and for both 10,000 and this one he gave us all writing credits which is lovely thank you Gadlos. Uh, nice man good filmmaker good filmmaker mm-hmm. Doris mm-hmm. I've forgotten to tell you something yeah oh god <laughs> It's really bad that I didn't tell you this. After all we've been fiddling around with the with the tech and stuff, mm-hmm. trying to get this to work, I should I should, probably should have mentioned it during that stage, the sort of admin. Uh-huh. Oh, I'll just say it, I'll say it. Just you bring it out go all on. in one go, like a plaster. Go. Okay, you died, you died. Oh, died. You died. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, sorry. Are you pleased? How, how did you die? Okay, so do you want, like... The dramatic version or the suicidal version? Bloody hell. What's the difference? Uh, <laughs> it's just the a- suicidal version sounds pretty dramatic. Wait, uh, what, suicide? Okay, so shall I go with that? 
No, no, no. That sounds dramatic. So I'm curious what the dramatic version is. Okay, so is, I'm. Ter- is it worse than the suicide? No, one one of them. Like the suicide is kind of more artistic, and then the 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 dramatic one is just it's kind of a ball of flames. Oh, I mean, they I mean, obviously, I'm curious about both. Can I choose? Yeah, you can choose. You can choose. Okay, okay, go for it. Um, so the suicide one, I kind of I jump off a gas tower and I'm naked and. Each balloon, I've got like coloured balloons, and in each balloon mm-hmm. is, is the colour of the balloon in paint. Because obviously, if a kid finds you, you traumatise them. But if they just see like a splatter of paint, then they don't understand someone's died under it. That's very thoughtful. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I don't like you ending your own life. I know. I'll be honest, but I do like, I do listen from an art point of yeah. view. I love it. <laughs> it's a great art installation. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but from a personal point of view, I'm very sad. What's the alternative, please? Just like, okay, the dramatic bit is, so I'm terrified of, of flying, which it was something that started actually from a film called Alive. I don't know if you've seen that film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know Alive. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's when, because I, I first started flying at the age of three uh, alone, because my parents mm-hmm. didn't really have money, but they'd send me to Spain to see my, my family. And I never had a problem with it. I saw that film and I don't know, it, it just started something and it, it built up, up over years. So I feel like maybe I'm kind of, I kind of know that I am going to die on a plane eventually and I'm going to die on a flight that's like, I could have taken the train, you know, like Wales or Scotland, Man. but I stupidly took the plane and I died. You flew to Wales. Yeah, I flew to... And blew up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. blew up mid <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's how you're going. Yeah. I, prefer, I prefer that. I don't want you taking your own life. I'm sorry to be a, <sighs> a bloody square. Okay. <laughs> but I'd rather, I'd rather you die in a massive ball of flames than you go to Wales. Okay, <laughs> okay thank you. Uh, do you worry about death, Doris? Um, I think, I think like the two things. Well, the three things I think about most in life is death, sex, and recipes, and in, nice. in no particular order. Like I always, you know, to calm me down when I'm insomnia, I think about how I'm gonna, how I'm gonna deal with puff pastry, um, uh, mm. or death. I mean, de- but death is always there, and I think death is very inspirational because from very little, I kind of, I was very obsessed with death. And I was, you know, I was that kid that like drew all the weird pictures at school, and they had to ring up your mum because it's like, what's wrong with your kid? Oh, uh, really? Yeah, but I just, I, I was just kind of fascinated by it and blood, and but I think death is. You were like a, you were like a young incel. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> but I don't know. I think death is very, very helpful because when I'm scared of stuff, I remember using it the first time I ever used this when I was eleven, and I had my first ever band called Ladybugs, doing covers of uh, All Saints, right. you know, at school. Nice, trying to get nice. laid from an early Very age. Nice. Um, and I was really nervous. And the thing that helped me, <laughs> the thing that really helped me was thinking, I'm going to die one day and so is everyone in this room. So it doesn't really matter. It's, you know, if I'm scared of doing this, how am I going to deal with dealing with the real showdown, which is death? And that, I, I yeah. kind of, that's a mantra that really helps me throughout my life, I think, doing everything. Yeah. I'm the same. I always go, whenever I sort of wind myself up, I always then go, ah, oh, it doesn't matter, we're all going to be dead in a minute. Yeah, yeah. And at night as well, just, think, you know, the night before yeah. I start filming, it's like, I'm going to fuck this up, I'm going to let everyone down, they shouldn't have cast me, they made a mistake. And then it's like, doesn't mm. matter, just death, 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 death. <laughs> uh, little side note, do you remember the very first uh, take of Superbob was you and me in the clothes shop? And we did take one, and I think we were both so nervous. And John Dreamer, the director, came over and he said, I've just got one note. Um, could you both try not to look so absolutely panicked? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, John. Yeah. Anyway, do you think there's an afterlife? No, I'm an atheist. I'm a kind of stone, red-blooded, stone-cold atheist, I would really? say. Um, I, look, Brett, I don't know if I've told you this but before, but I'm not a scientist. However... Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> no, no. Do not understand the whole cat in the box thing at all. But I, I mean, obviously, atoms, energy, someone more intelligent probably would know how to explain this. I'm sure it goes somewhere. I don't know where. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there's a pearly gates. I don't think people can speak to the dead. Although I love the film Ghost, but that's, you know, by the by. I'm surprised about this. Yeah? I f- yeah, I feel like you, you've got a spiritual vibe about you. Surprises me. Yeah. Not that you'd be religious, but that you'd think there was nothing. I mean, but again, like, the, the nothing, like I said, like, I don't know, it's, 
Mm. But nothing is inspiring. I just think it goes somewhere. I'm sure this uh, this everyone's bundle of energy everywhere mm-hmm. must go somewhere, but I just don't know where that is. And it might be just like uh, into a pebble or, um, right. you know, uh, a gin and tonic or <laughs> I don't know where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then back into you, like in a perpetual loop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know where it goes. It goes to heaven. Yeah! You were wrong, you bloody idiot. <laughs> Fuck! Uh, <laughs> everyone, you feel like a right numpty when you get out there. You're like, sorry, sorry, everyone, sorry. I was, I was, I was being, I was being naughty. Sorry. Anyway, you're very welcome in heaven. Thanks. And in heaven, they're obsessed with films, weirdly, and they're a big fan of you. And uh, what they want to know about is your life through the medium of film. Oh. The first thing they ask you is. What's the first film you remember seeing, Doris? Uh, okay, Super Bob. So I have. To, uh, this is going to happen a lot. I'm sorry. I have two options for you. I mean, I don't know. You know how. Okay. Okay. So the first film is it the first film that I kind of that I remember watching kind of at home, or is it the mm-hmm. first film I saw in, like you know, or that, that impacted me, or is it the first film I saw um, at the cinema? What What would you prefer? Uh, first one at home. First one at the cinema. Okay. First one at home. I mean, obviously, it's a plethora of Disney films that kind of came to mind. Yeah. But for me, a big one was Lady and the Tramp. Lovely. Because that one sticks out of of all of them because... So, you know Peggy Lee? You know the dog in the jail? Okay? Yeah. I I wanted to be her. I I saw that film and I was like, I'm going to have a band of um, retrobates and that's going to be me when I'm older. And you've done it. I've done it. it. You fucking done <laughs> I've lived it. up that little... You're Peggy Lee in the pretty... In the <laughs> yeah. Sing me the song. That's a new heart. Also, the Trump is really hot. Yeah, the Trump's hot. Mm-hmm. Do you think the lady's, lady's hot? hot? Yeah, she's hot as well. Yeah, uh, yeah she's hot. Also, really I love bolognese. <laughs> I mean, every kid loves bolognese, so... Yeah. Awesome. Their first date, it was a great first date. Yeah, really different uh, film if they were eating penne. That wouldn't... <laughs> What, what was the first one at the cinema? Um, but no, sorry. Mi masa, por favor. Por favor, venga aquí. Okay. First one at cinema that I remember seeing, although I've checked from dates that I think there must have been early ones, but this is the one that definitely stuck out for me, was Cool Runnings. I love oh, wow. that film. It made me so happy. One of the things I remember as well... That's a is, great opener. It's a gr- it's, and the, the thing I remember most is that... You know those sweets, the ones that are like fizzy. It's like licorice, but it has white in the middle. Like a big yes. one. Okay, so my dad like would always tube. the best, the best, and my dad would get me one of those. Yeah. And it's so sad because I was so little that it was the length of me, and now they're just not. You can never get that back. Uh, God, that's very, that's very sweet. And I think I went to. Now, how long are they? As long as you're up. Yeah, they're just not. Yeah, not even. Well, mm. And I also remember that I thought. That's, you know the, the 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 theme of the lucky egg. You know, I I thought that that would work for me. So I remembered I did right. take a lucky egg to school, and I kind of had it with me for like a month, thinking that maybe if everyone kissed it, I'd <laughs> go in the Olympics. So you made everyone kiss your egg. I definitely made everyone kiss my egg. Age eight. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see who who took you to the cinema? Your dad. My dad. Yeah. It, and where was that? Uh, it was in Whiteleys. So I, I lived, um, ah, yeah, which has Whiteleys. now been torn down, uh, which is very sad. But, it, you know, Whiteleys was a big, mm. it was a, you know, when I was just a kid, I would just wander there and sit by the fountain and um, and go to the cinema and the, and the bookstore. Those were my, like, it was, it was my world. I loved yeah. it. I think Whiteleys was the first multiplex. I could be wrong. Mm. But Makes it, it was huge. I think it was. It was every film every yeah, day, yeah. yeah. What is the film that made you cry the most? Um... <laughs> do you cry a lot? Uh, yes, I do. I think yeah. I like I like letting it out. Okay, so I got <laughs> this is going to happen a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so cry the most, right? Imagine you've got two buckets. Yeah. Okay, now there's one yeah. bucket that I filled up all in one go, but there's another yeah. film. The first time I watched it, it filled up half the bucket, but then every time I've rewatched it, it has filled it maybe the same, if not more. Okay. So which which film goes in which bucket? Well, no, you you can pick one. You know, we don't. I mean, I oh, yeah, pick one. Which one? I think I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick all in one deluge. All in one day. De- okay. So that one is uh, a film. It's kind of contextual. So I was 16, just been dumped by uh, my my um, the first guy. I kind of fancy. Here's the reason I've got the stupid email that uh, you know you know I have mine. 
and I made this email yeah. and he, he, I just made enough money busking to go and see him in Salamanca. And he sent me an email about a week before saying that he'd met some Swedish girl. Um, she couldn't speak English, but she was really fit. And that, that was it. And I was so upset, but I couldn't cry. I put on my Etta James vinyl and I sang and I, I drank a bottle of wine because my dad wasn't home and it didn't work. So I went to the video store and I looked at this guy and I was like, I want you to give me a film that will make me cry. And he thought mm. I was crazy, but he gave it to me anyway. And it was Dancer in the Dark. Oh, my God. And I literally, my dad came back from work no. and I was... There's a word in Spanish called desahogar, which means to undrown yourself. And I was literally undr <laughs> I was undrowning myself on the floor. My dad thought someone had died because the film had stopped. So I was just on the floor and still weeping afterwards. And it really helped. Although I, yeah. I do, I've got a real serious problem with Lars von Trier. I actually, my cat is a bit of a slut yeah. and she's had so many kittens. I've had like 39 cats over the years. And I named one Fuck Lars right. von Trier because I... I watched another one of his films that made me so angry that I went back to the video store and I was like, I want my money back. This has wasted an hour of my life because I stopped halfway through. I can't remember which one it was, but... Did they did they give you the money back? No, he told me to go away. <laughs> yeah, I... I uh, really, very... Uh, I don't, I'm very disturbed by Lad Lodge here. I think he's a naughty boy. Yeah? <laughs> Why do you think he's a naughty boy, Rick? Well, I think that... He, I think he's... I suppose he's he's interesting. Uh, Dancing in the Dark is... is like uh so it's uh, i described it once it's like watching a sweet little cat get kicked to death <laughs> like it's so horrible the the sort of plot of it the machinations of it every beat of it is designed to sort of mm -hmm. break you i can't even remember i've wiped end, it i've wiped it from my mind i don't even oh. it's not even there anymore it was it's like a proper ptsd film where it's just like i can't remember any of it yeah. i just know that it affected me it's one of them things sometimes i watch films that are that sad and i think you made that up. Like that wasn't a, that wasn't a true story. You sat down and thought, "Oh, I'll make this horrible." I'm going to make tragic. everyone yeah. cry. What's wrong with you? You made that up. You sick prick. This is why I called a cat fuck Lars von Trier. Now you understand. No, fair enough. What's what was the other film? Just so we can hear it. Uh, Life is beautiful. Oh, I love that film. It is just. It's just such a gift like that someone can... I mean, again, it's a story, but just the idea of a parent being able to make something so horrific into a game. It's wonderful. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> Does it hold up? I haven't watched it in many years. It holds up, right? I Does think, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure I, I, I was, I've tried to watch all the films that I thought I'd want to talk about again. Some of them are really hard to get, but I, didn't, I couldn't get that one. But yes, I think it does. Okay. What is the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared? Yes. I think it's a very good prelude to death, and I think we should do it more often. Great. Which is why we should jump out of planes and fall in love. But yeah. uh, the scariest... So, <laughs> it's never going to be a simple answer, I'm sorry. So, this, the, the scariest one for me was It, yeah. It, right? But the reason... The Tim Curry one? Yeah, yeah, the, the Tim Curry one. one when I was a kid. Okay, yeah. Now, the reason, that, but the reason that one was scary is because I'd watched Candyman, which gave me my Love first Candyman. ever fear of, of wasps, which I still carry right. to this day. And, and so that was a kind of segue. So then when I watched It, I was like, this clown is going to transform itself into a fucking swarm of wasps and kill me slowly. So it's kind of a two-way... Right. But mainly It. I watched a lot of horror movies when I was a kid. I think partly because my parents... They're Spanish, and I, I don't know, I, I listen to my mates talk about their bedtimes. I never had a bedtime. We went to bed at, like, 10.30, even when I, 11 <laughs> when I was a kid. And also, my parents were always arguing. They had a terrible marriage. So they would just allow me to watch TV. You know, and, uh, right. they'd be screaming in the background, and I'd be watching fucking It, shitting myself, <laughs> but loving it as well. <laughs> uh, were, you, are you, were you on your own? Mm-hmm. Do you have siblings? No, yeah. I'm on. It was, it was shit. For a bit, I mean, I always wanted a sibling, but then you kind of discover mm. masturbation in books, and then you're fine till adolescence. Right, and that, and then masturbation with books, mm -hmm. and then you, you're fine. Also, yeah. <laughs> all your loves combined, and with a cookery book, oh, then oh. it's <laughs> now you're, that's wank bank material right there. <laughs> <laughs> Maureen, what's this I hear about you going to film school? I am. I want to gain valuable skills while making films and developing my creativity. So I'm attending the New York Film Academy. I'm thinking about becoming one of them people that writes the numbers on the title board. NIFA is a very respected film school. 
I hear they offer a variety of options to meet your educational goals, whether you want a BFA or MFA degree or want to learn at a quicker pace with a short-term programme. That's right. They've got workshops and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, cinematography, screenwriting, producing, game design, musical theatre and more. Are you attending in New York? Might do. They have multiple campuses in some amazing locations like New York, LA, Miami, Italy, Australia and online. And you can learn more about the New York Film Academy at nyfa.edu. That's nyfa.edu. Thanks, Maureen. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is the film? that most people don't like is considered generally bad, but you love it and you don't care what nobody says. So, Brett, I, I, I'm not a fan of rom-coms. There are some that are amazing, but generally... 51st Dates, for example. For example, for example. But, so, I, th- I don't know if this is considered bad, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think I'm just a bit like, I cringe at the fact that I love it so much and I've watched it so many times, uh, is French Kiss. With Meg Ryan. Oh, Meg Ryan and Kevin Bryan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. I, I connected to it so much because this woman is shitting herself about planes as well. And I was like, I, I understand. I like, I completely understand how scary the whole thing is for you. Um, I think it's beautiful. It just makes me really happy. Uh, his. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? And like. That's it. That's the Fred Skepsi who made Roxanne. I love it. Yeah. Have you watched it a lot? I haven't seen Fred Skepsi in years. No. Rewatch it. I really but recommend I liked it. it. Yeah. What's the film that you? Oh, that's I, a nice choice. Can I ask you? Like, heard. am I allowed to ask you a question? Like, is, do you have the same? Is there a film that you hate but love? But yeah, uh, the film that I love that everybody that is critically not acclaimed or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I got shit shit over right. them. <laughs> I mean, Grease Two is obviously <laughs> big on that list. I didn't even know there was. <laughs> you know, there's a Grease Two. Oh. oh fuck me! I mean, I'm again. I'm, Grease Two is better. Okay. Much better. You know Greece. Imagine Greece, <laughs> but with Michelle Pfeiffer never looking fitter, and it's a feminist version of Greece. Okay, fem- okay. I think there's actually a sexier version of Greece than that. I haven't seen it. Go on. Cry Baby. John Walters. Oh yeah, lovely. Amazing. Lovely. Like, I remember watching that when I was eight, and I was like, I'm aroused. A and B. This is so much better than Greece. So- <laughs> that is a really good show. <laughs> so much. It is. I don't, it's the cool version of Grease. I just, I just wanted to be her on that car. Hey, Mr. Jailer. Hot. Amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, what is the film you used to love, but you have watched it recently and you've gone, oh, no, I don't feel the same way no more? <laughs> okay. The reason I love this particular film... So, so uh, like I said, my parents had a shit marriage and then eventually they got divorced. I kind of lived with my dad and he, my dad was in the special forces and he, so he loved really? kind of in Spain. Uh, and now he's, you know, he's a grafter slash... Um, uh, special Forces man. And he loved kind of action movies like Steven Seagal, Arnie, uh, Chuck Norris, all that shit, right? So I was a little girl. And Did he think they were documentaries? So he, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely loved it. And he'd tell me all about Like, for me, my bedtime stories when I was a girl was like, Dad, tell me something about the army. I loved it. Set me oh, wow. right out. Um, <laughs> him killing snakes, amazing. So he, he was clearly going through a really bad patch, wasn't sleeping. Luckily, my dad doesn't drink, but he would, he would eat dates and he'd buy me little things of raisins and uh, mm. we'd watch these films. And I loved this film. I thought it was the coolest film in the world. I loved it throughout my whole childhood. Predator. Oh, just brilliant. <laughs> absolutely amazing. <laughs> it makes me think of my dad. 
yeah. you know, I loved it so much. I remember the first night I saw it. You know, bear in mind, my dad's, like, probably not sleeping much anyway. He's got a daughter, he's heartbroken, everything's gone to shit. And he wakes up to his little girl just fucking the, guff, the gaff up, just, like, smashing the gaff up. And what I'd done is I'd put all the ice in the bath because I was like, the predator won't see me if I'm in... Yeah, 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 I was, like, thinking ahead. So three in the morning, I was like, I'm going to save myself from this. Nice. But, yeah, it doesn't hold up. I watched it last two weekends ago. <laughs> it's, it's so... That shot, Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger, just like kind of that homoerotic handshake. Yeah. Why? Why is that shot there for so long? I don't understand. Just some of the like, like why is one of the soldiers always shaving in the jungle? Why is the woman not wearing a bra in the jungle? What? What's happening? People with big muscles used to uh, shake hands a lot. Yeah. In eighties films. <laughs> They'd ha- do a slow high five for a long time. Glistening. Yeah, yeah. Just like a lusty glaze over... Yeah, not awful. But their high five would sound like this. <laughs> so hang on, did you realise when you watched it back that, that hiding in ice in the bath would not, not have saved you from the pressure? No, it definitely wouldn't have... I mean, the graphics were also terrible. Like, none of it would have worked. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the alien itself, I feel like... After festivals I've played off three days, I've looked like that. That's been my walk of shame. I've looked like that fucking alien. <laughs> and it's not scary. It's just a bit, it's just a bit shabby. Like you're a bit broken. It's just you after the secret garden. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is the film mm. that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film's any good, but because the experience you had around seeing the film that will always make it special to you. Fifth element. Go on. <laughs> so. Uh, it means a lot to me because... So I had my first boyfriend, Brett, at 11. Uh, he was ginger, loved gingers. Uh, we don't really get them in space, so I thought it was really exotic. And he had freckles. Oh, yeah, Really, exciting. really sexy. Wow. And we... And he couldn't go in the sun. I don't <laughs> No, actually, he did because his mum was Mexican, his dad was Scottish, so he had this, like, auburn and he could tan. Very hot. Anyway, we'd only ever kissed by trees or up trees, climbing trees, 11, whatever. This was our first day. Again, Whiteley's. And basically, I was so excited because I was just next to him and he smelled nice and I just wanted to kiss him, but I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know how kissing in the cinema <laughs> worked. It was like the first mm. day. And he had to leave early and he left the moment the blue woman started opera singing. Yeah. I think he must be nervous too because that's, he realised that because I have to go, I have to kiss you because <laughs> I want to anyway. And we had this amazing song that lasted throughout the whole of that. So <laughs> I didn't let him go. I just, just, I basically just sat on him and then he left and I was like, oh. I spent the rest of the film just like buzzing while buzzing because of everything. It was fantastic. So yeah. And then me and my best mate, Alex White, also watched it and we both wanted to get um, Fifth Element tattoos. She still got it, obviously, but I, I just couldn't go through with it. I, I chickened out. So your first kiss was to the whole opera song from the Fifth Element? No, it was it was like my... It was like our, our maybe tenth. We'd already done lots of kissing, but it would, it would always be quite furtive. Oh, okay. And it would be, like I said, like up a tree or... Uh, but this was like this our was first proper. date, and I was like, I don't know yeah. how to how to deal with sexuality in darkness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Mm. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what is the film you most relate to? The commitments. A lot. Oh yes. <laughs> it's great. Yes. It's great. It's so beautiful. It's that's very you. Just kind of how how bands start the kind of clusterfuck and what it's like herding cats to make everyone actually play and work together and then the inevitable arguments <laughs> that ensue mm. and how something beautiful can just crash and burn but there was a moment that it worked um yeah that very much uh, i relate to that I, what do i what do you remember from that i remember the bit when he teaches a guy to play is it the trumpet and he starts saying that it should be like a woman's nipple that always stuck with me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I remember it's got a, it's got a, I'm sure, doesn't, yeah, it's got a bit about that, anyway. I, I, I think there's some problematic stuff in it, probably, but it's really good. I haven't watched it in ages, but I really, and the music, Try Little Tenderness. Try Little Tenderness is amazing. And I know that that guy, Andrew, whatever his name is, he, the actor, who's the lead singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did a bet with the film's producer, I think, about the album. Right. And... I can't quite remember the exact details, but something like he waived his fee because... Or he, he made a bet that that album would go to number one. Okay. And the, the, guy, the guy was like, don't be ridiculous. And it went to number one for fucking ages. Oh! And he's, he's like a super millionaire. Rolling just because it. of the album. Right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I love that. That is that is a good shout. Sad ending though. Yeah. Sad ending. I mean, every you know, life. They don't stay together. Everything does kind of end sadly. We all die. But um, you know, that's kind of why uh, that film has a life lesson in it, or something. Well, it doesn't end so sadly if you blow up in a plane on the way to work. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what is here we go what is the film that you found the sexiest okay so uh, dear listeners just so you know I have been having am I allowed to say that I've known these questions yeah yeah so Brett sent me the the, 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 uh, questions and I had to reschedule so I've rescheduled this particular one so many times because it's there's so many arousing films out there wonderful (laughs) (laughs) but um so i knew you'd be good at this question but originally okay so originally i went with true romance because i'm obsessed with comic books uh uh, like that you know uh, when i first wrote 21 i immediately bought a leopard print bra when i watched that film patricia arquette hot everything but i've actually changed my mind i rewatched it just now actually just to be, just to just to fully confirm that it is sexier than True Romance. Live Flesh by Almodovar is Ooh. an incredible film. Every moment of it, even the shots are sexy, even the colours and the props and how everything's set up. Oh, I like and the main guy. What is his wait? What is his name? Oh, the, the young guy. He's like a hot version of Robert Patterson, but like Latin and dark. Um, wow. Javier Baden's there. Wow. There's a scene just when he's just like looking between this woman's thighs and just like, uh, it just transfixed. I just love, I love all of it. It works. And all the intrigues, all the relationships, basically everyone in that film is a sexual terrorist and they, they screw up each other's lives. But love triumphs at the end and it ends with a birth like it begins with a birth. Kind of like the circular element of it. I like that. That's a very good answer. Mm. That is a quality answer. Oh, thank you. Cheers. Um, there's obviously a subcategory to this question. Okay. Uh, troubling boners, worrying wider. What what film did you find arousing that you thought, in hindsight, perhaps you shouldn't? I think a lot of films when I was a child, before I realised kind of what sex really was. So I'm going to go mm. with Robin Hood. The, 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 the Disney. Yeah, the Disney. The Fox. Yeah, the... Lovely Fox. Oh, but both of them are hot. And... Yeah. And when they're... It's true. You know, he was hot, but also it was like my first taste of like me wanting romance from very like maybe five or six, and just when they when they're singing and they've got the fireflies everywhere. That song is beautiful. Yeah. It's so ah, oh, I couldn't wait to do that when I grew up. Can you sing that? I can't remember it. Can you remember it? Yeah. It, it it's really hard. I've actually tried to remember it before when I've tried to tell someone about this particular moment. I can't. Doesn't come back. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, fucking everyone in it is. I've perfect. seen that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the little bunny rabbit that says, come back again <laughs> for my birthday. What? That's good. What is um, objectively, Doris, okay. the greatest film of all time? This is, I, I'd, okay, look at how many notes I've got. Listeners, I'm showing. I have so many notes, so, so much shit that I tried to write for this and I couldn't. I'm so grateful. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't work. I, I don't have an answer because... Every year, like, so, you know, like, 10-year-old Nat had a film that she thought was objectively the best. 20, 30, 40. I can't remember. I mean, it te- I can't remember. I mean, one of those, probably. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Robin Hood. Called cool Running, maybe, because it's the first in my soul. Yeah. But, like, I, I, can't, I can't think of a film that, like, you know, has action, that arouses me, that makes me laugh, that, that gives me a lesson that, you know, afterwards makes me change my life that I relate to. I can't think of one. I... I'm sorry, I failed in this particular answer. What is yours? Can you tell me what yours is, objectively? I've got three. Mm-hmm. Go on. Singing in the Rain, Don't Look Now, Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> Do you want to pick one of those? <sighs> okay, so we can... I mean, I can't... Okay. It's objectively. I don't know. I haven't seen Don't Look Now. Oh, my God, oh, no. you'll <laughs> fucking love it. Okay. You will love it. Okay. What genre? What genre is it? Is it is a particular? Well, technically, it's a horror. Okay, it's a sort of ghost story, but really, it's a beautiful film about love and grief and relationships and time. Okay, and set in Venice. You'll fucking love it, honestly. Please watch it. I'm telling you, you will love it. But what I ask you is this. Don't Google it because there's like twists in it, and every time you Google it, they show the images of the yeah. twist. So just don't look it up; just watch it. Okay. 
and then you can say that was objectively the no, case. That's not, okay. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I don't, I don't so, have one. So your answer is so your answer is don't look now. Perfect answer. What is uh, the film that you mm-hmm. could or have watched the most over and over again? Oh, okay. Sorry, again, I've got two options for you. Um, but mm-hmm. so what, what's happened is with both these films, I watched them both very young. I've watched them repeatedly, and it's a bit like music. I tend to tend to listen to something. I mean, on repeat is is kind of an understatement. I mean, literally for 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 a month on repeat, and then I can't listen to it again. And then I but I always yeah. come back to it. This is the same with these two, uh, and I've got two options for you: Sound of Music, yes. Silence of the Lambs. Yes. <laughs> what a double bill. <laughs> I can't. What a I can't bill. help it. Like every two years, it's like I get an itch, and I'm like, I need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like Sound of Music because I gave that as a self isolation song. That maybe. Yeah, you did. Silence of the Lambs is better. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs done. Okay. <laughs> you watch when you're stressed. You think I'll settle down and watch Silence yeah. of the Lambs. It's <laughs> cheer myself up. <laughs> It's a very good film. At least I'm not in a well. 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 Oh, also... It's also interesting. Go on, yeah, go on. So, I've got a question about this film. I know it sounds silly, but... Yeah. At the end, she leaves, right? Yeah. Then then the senator's daughter, Catherine, I think it is, leaves Mm -hmm. with the dog of the serial killer. And she's really loving it. Is she going to keep that dog? Because she's shared... Hundred... A trauma with it, mm. but it is that man's dog. That's a fucking great <laughs> question. Do you think having that dog is going to lead her to a cycle of re-traumatising herself, or do you think that that dog will heal her? Yeah, that, that, so that's kind of the question. It's like, what? It, every time she looks at it, is she going to get like flashback PTSD moments, or is she just going to be able to mm. love cuddles? I mean... What do, you, what, would you, what do you think? I mean, I'd definitely keep the dog, obviously. Yeah. Just fuck it. <laughs> Make it wear silly outfits and, like, kind of change your perception of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just dress it up as a yeah, taco. Yeah, dog's hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, taco dog's not going to hurt you. <laughs> um, what is... Oh, yeah, the other thing about Silence of the Lambs, you say you don't like romantic comedies. It's a romantic comedy, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it is. It can't, you're right. It is. It's a romance between Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. The but- whole thing is a... That's long probably game. Long, long, like sexual tension, cerebral sexual tension, and yeah, you know uh, that's probably the first person that he's not gonna just f- face fuck and kill. You know, out of everyone, probably that's like the one person he, he gives her that call and he's just like, you know, yeah. I, I'm not gonna kill he's you. Like, see you around. That's a chat line for him. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, see you around, baby. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, yeah, and she's like. She's uh, like got that vibe of like you on stage trying not to shoot yourself. <laughs> the entire time. Like it's a real electricity about her. <laughs> um, what, <laughs> what is, uh, we don't, we'll do this fairly quickly because it's not nice to be negative, but what is the worst film you've ever seen? Um, I've never rewatched this, so it was just, it's just a one-off hate, instinctive hate. Mm-hmm. I was eight, <clears throat> it was a birthday party of a friend of mine, I think maybe Jemima. Again, Whiteley's. Again, we all got taken there, and uh, it was the first film I've ever walked out of. I just got up, <gasps> I got outside, um, I kind of tried to sneak around the mum because I didn't want anyone to bother me, and I loved... How old were you? I loved reading, so I went outside and I... I read my Agatha Christie, which I was very obsessed with. Like, I had all the collection. Mm-hmm. It was Free Willy. I couldn't... I, th- I sat through about five minutes of Free Willy and I was like, this is fucking bollocks. Who hates Free Willy? <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate it. I want to go read about a crime who outside. Fu- Fuck who, off. <laughs> who hates Free Willy? Of all the films. <laughs> it, was, it was just what a visceral... What was wrong with it? It was sweet. Don't know. I just sat there and I was like, I don't believe you. You, why are they doing that to the animal? I hate everyone in here. I don't want to be, fuck this, I just want to read my book. Why is Mr. Blonde trying to be sweet to this kid? Yeah. I, I okay. didn't even get to that bit. I don't, I can't, like I said, I just can't remember any of it. I just, I sat through about 10, 10, 15 minutes. I was like, I'm not buying this. <laughs> Listen, mate, if that fucking whale gets free, I'm not going to be into this. I Do, think it might. He, oh, I'm going. Does he get free? Does he get free? I don't know. Does he get free? 
Yeah, not only is there a spoiler in the title, but there's also a spoiler in the poster, which is the whale jumping out and going free. So I mean, I... There's, there's very little suspense in the film Free Willy. It may as well be called It Ends With Willy Being Free. <laughs> but isn't there a Free Willy 2? So they free him twice? There is a Free Willy 2. Uh, I think in Free Willy 2, I've not seen it, so I'm guessing uh, Willy probably, like, uh, goes on a mission to get some other willies out or something. Thanks, perfect. I'm not going to so watch it's more like, <laughs> you hate it. <laughs> I hope they're not free willy too. Um, what's the... Uh, you're, you're all very funny. What's the film that made you laugh the most? Coming to America. It consistently... Ah, oh, lovely. Oh, Jeff. Especially when uh, when we've been on tour, I'm sure you you get this as well as a gig and comedian, and you're you end up in a, in like some uh, shithole accommodation where you're like, I'm gonna get pregnant or or syphilis from lying on this bed, mm-hmm. and we, we'd leave we'd leave the van in the morning, we'd meet in the morning, yeah, and I it's get like that a lot. <laughs> we'd leave and be like immediately we'd all go the royal penis is clean the royal penis is clean was kind of just a euphemism for just <laughs> it is a fucking shit show in there don't go in there <laughs> don't go in there with one of those like lights like UV lights just don't <laughs> love it every year it makes me it's like my Christmas movie my drummer is basically the white Jewish guy in the barbershop A and B the, <laughs> have you seen the crowns like you know the crowns that they wear uh, where, who's the king yeah What's the what's the country he's the prince from? Uh, J- James L. Jones. Oh, oh fuck. Eddie Murphy. Uh, uh, Zumum, Zum, Z- Zumunda. No. Oh. Zumunda. Zumunda. Is it Zumunda? Bob Zumunda. <laughs> Zumunda. I don't know. Um, but the crowns that they have are proper Poundland. Like if you watch them now, you're like, what are they doing? Um, I love the band Sexual Chocolate as well. And in fact, my drummer, when he got married, all the brothers of all the, they're all a big team of people. And we play, we, we had a band called Sexual Chocolate and we played at his wedding, um, which was fantastic. <laughs> all from coming to America. That's nice. Zamunda. Zamunda, oh, okay, Zamunda. Um, so many lines that are great from that. Like, and just so many moments, like her barking like a dog. Love it when he makes that woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really good. And these, do you know they're making a sequel right now? I know. I looked up and said, it said it's coming out this year, 2020. But I mean, I don't think it no, is. No, I don't think it is. I was so sad about that because I was really excited about watching Mulan. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I was ready. I was going to book my, I pre-booked my tickets as well in cinema. But That looks proper. Yeah. Yeah. No dragon in it. Say it again? No dragon in the movie. No dragon? <gasps> No dragon. Just to prepare you before you get too excited. Oh, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't no fucking dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should put that like a spoiler in the title. Move that, no dragon. So I'll be like, okay, okay, I'm prepared. Chapter one, no dragon. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no dragons. Um, Doris, you have been phenomenal, <laughs> as expected. However, oh. when you quite unnecessarily took a plane to Wales because the actual journey time it took you to get to the airport to then fly to Wales to get <laughs> from the airport to the set the actual time all that would have actually been quicker on the train <laughs> the environment, but I'm not judging you however when you got on that plane and you were sat at the back the plane flat out exploded <laughs> out of out of nowhere in a way that was almost funny if you were honest, <laughs> yeah. just you, you, and you, as it exploded, you were like, I should have got the train. I'm a proper idiot. And, um, and your body went everywhere, everywhere, and right over the, um, stewardess, minibar, and all of it. Everywhere. So then, so then I, I've got to take the train to Wales to try and get all your bits, thank right? You. Oh, thank you. So kind. No, I'll do that for you. And, uh, but you're all over it. You're in parts of Wales. Where there are cows, some of the cows have eaten you, they've shut a bit of you out. Like, there's more stuff of you that's, like, in Wales when you're... You'd be amazed how many cows and sheep ate you and shut you out. So, basically, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is this one is, of the greatest... Hey, circle of life, circle of life. That's it. Circle of life. I've had to literally get a shitload of shit <laughs> and stuff it in a coffin so that we have something to bear. <laughs> <laughs> and find the bits of you. And listen, I'll say this: the bits of you I find in the, in in Calvin, you're in sheep. It's like glitter, right? It's really beautiful and shiny and exciting. 
but it is in <laughs> a shitload of shit. Anyway, so I've stuffed it all in the coffin. There's a lot more of you than I was expecting. There's really no room in this coffin. There's only enough room to slide one DVD into the side with you. Okay. For you to take to the other side. Yeah. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show everyone on the other side on movie night? Okay, Go. I'm going to use the one that I wanted to say for over and over, Sound of Music. I have to. I have to. I'm sorry. It is... It's full of wisdom. Um, you know, they nearly didn't even fucking cast Julie Andrews. They nearly cast some other woman. Who were they going to have? I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, we don't think she can translate from theatre to colour colour uh, film. So they nearly didn't cast her. What? I mean, I just... What's she doing? Fucking black and white theatre? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, they just didn't, they didn't trust it. But she managed to make it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this film, there's for me, there's a great... Also, what I loved about it is, well, there's always someone of a different age group to fancy. So when I was watching it growing up, you know, initially I fancied the little kid, then the taller one. I had a brief moment of fancying the Nazi, because I'm sorry, but he's fit. And then the dad. Listen, yeah. But there's always someone to go. And there's a song. There's always someone to latch on to at any age. And, uh, no, but seriously, there's a film, there's a song that is... I must have done something good. Which is exactly what it feels like when you fall in love because you can't believe your luck. So you're like, I must have been a superhero in a past life to deserve this. Um, so I, for me, I think that's quite beautiful. That's really beautiful. Um, Doris, is there anything you'd like to tell people to look out for with you? Um, <laughs> uh, other than, I, I, I would say to everyone who doesn't know your musical work that they must check out Molotov uh, <sighs> Jukebox because it's Fantastic. I mean, there was uh, there's a film I did last year, but I don't know if it's yeah. going to come out. I don't know when it's coming out. It's called Baby, which I think had a place in Cannes. But I, I just, I mean, I basically I'm yeah. I'm unemployed and sunbathing, but on my roof deck, Hancock, um, for the foreseeable future. Would you mind? Uh, listen, thank you for doing this. Would you mind uh, closing us out by singing that song? I must. It must have. I must um, have done something good. Wait, let, shall I? Can I look at the work? <clears throat> Yeah. Nothing. Oh, nothing. I might. I think I might have to like occasionally talk because otherwise it's illegal to do the whole okay. thing. But no, I just feel a little bit like okay. nothing yeah. comes from nothing, nothing ever good. So somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. Yeah! Thank you very much, Doris. It was so lovely to spend time with you. Thank you. Good night. So that was episode 108. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat, secrets, and that's it because there's no video with that, but you get the chat and the secrets. Uh, also head to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's very nice to read and it helps our numbers and it means Maureen can stay, you know, in the manner she's accustomed to. Thank you so much to Nat for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the artwork. P.S. The Super Bob Love theme is The Beautiful End of the World by Matthew P. Check it out. I think it's on Spotify and everywhere else. Have a look at Super Bob. Have a look at Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Come and join me next week. Oh, I tell you what, I ain't decided who I'm putting on next week, but... I think by now you know it's going to be good. I don't have shit guests. Give me a break. So anyway, that's it for now. Have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, 
BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.